So anyway, welcome to another Freedom Vibe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Vibes, and this is Goha. Yo, yo. This is Mizan. And this is Mizan. Right. So um, let's get to today's topic. Um, I'm sorry about the camera quality and the lighting. Uh, we decided to go on Facebook for the first time. We use you on YouTube. Um, as time goes on, this will get... So work in progress. Work in progress, work yeah. In progress. We, 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 after months and months and months, we finally got a lovely mic and a... And we're doing this from a car and a mobile phone. and Yeah, but we're, we're making progress. Yes, we're making progress. Anyway, so back to today's topic. Yeah. Right, so um, the general election. Yeah. I want to talk about the general election uh, and the aftermath of what's about to unfold. Um, yeah. Let's talk about what happened on the day of the election and why people chose to vote the way they did. Mm. Um because I believe it's important to understand. I mean, it doesn't affect anything. It is what it is now. Mm. It's happened. And to be honest, uh, people got to live with it. Because yeah. if we if we, if we, we start rallying like everyone did about Brexit, yeah. about the referendum, uh, it'd get rather silly. You know, and say, well, I don't accept the result of yeah. Boris's election. Yeah. No, I don't. People say that I don't accept the result of Boris's election, and mm. you know, half the country voted here. And unfortunately, the Blues said it all. Yeah? yeah. So there's a there's a reason why the blue collar voted for blue this time. Yeah. Just check out the map, man. They yeah. See that UK map. Yeah, just the map alone is Mad shocking. Blue right yeah, shocking. I mean, except for Scotland. Yeah, Scotland, yeah. the yellow. Um, Scotland itself had, you know, has got its own, um, has issues. got its own, not issues, yeah. but its, its own agenda. Yeah. yeah? Oh, but what like we it. need to understand here is that um, this is not the same as 1985. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 comparison they're making that there was a landslide victory, like 1985's uh, Thatcher's winning. Yeah? yeah. That was a different reason. Number two, the labour losses is not comparable mm. to Michael Foote's yeah. or as worse as the 1930s. There was a reason why this happened. Yeah. Yeah? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, if I could just say one thing, because, you know, people are com are saying that, like, um, you know. Uh, Come closer. Yeah, in, if, we, if there was someone like Tony Blair. Uh, you know, Labour would have got more votes or would have been likely to win. But if you look at the votes uh, in, in terms of how many people voted for Tony Blair mm. in both of his elections and, and how many people voted for Jeremy Corbyn mm. in both of these elections, Corbyn actually got more votes than Blair, than Blair did in his in his time. Mm. But, but people have a very short memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blair, Blair lost the election after having three three terms, right? Two, three terms? Mm, uh, two terms. Two terms. Think, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, in the, in the third time, he actually gave it up because Gordon Brown came in. Okay, so, th you know, he he didn't give it up. There was a reason why he gave it up to Gordon Brown and yeah. Gordon Brown... But he actually just stepped down, basically. He stepped down, stepped down. Gave, gave the baton over to Gordon Brown yeah. and Gordon Brown did what he did and, he you know... The, he lost the next election. election. Yeah. Two years. And then Mr. Miliband came along yeah. and uh, waltzed his way... And lost that election twice over, right? Yeah. Disgustingly, the third. Just yeah. people disconnected totally with New Labour. I was for the other brother, though, man. You know, David. David. David, <laughs> David it, being honest, David Miliband. <laughs> let, let, let's face. Let's talk about David Miliband here. You know, he's more articulate. Yeah. Um, 
far more charismatic. But again, you know, you got to remember he's a Blairite. These are Blairites, yeah, and Blairites are centre right. right okay, yeah. I don't think, to be honest with you, um, I don't think, um, you, you know, if 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 uh, like instead of Ed Miliband, if David Miliband was given the leadership role, I don't, I, I, I don't see anything that would have that would make me think that he would have done significantly better than his than his brother. No, no one knows until it happens. But yeah. I don't know. I just thought he. He just kind of looked a bit more prime ministerial. I know I hate using that word and all that, but he just looked like more of a leader. I'm not knocking nothing by Ed because I think Ed was painted in the media as a kind of dry character as well. There was a bit of a campaign but, but against th- th- him. This is something that was important for me to find out. The reason why he was, you know, painted like that is because it's instead in regards to his economic policies, he was actually very left. And that never came about. That I didn't know that. But in terms in terms of certain of his policies, he was actually more left leaning than his brother. And I think that David well, Miliband, yeah, yeah David, no, Ed Miliband is more left leaning than yeah, David he Miliband. He had the union support. Ed Miliband yeah. had more unions. I remember that, and hence one of the reasons he. Some people say he he won that leadership. Okay, so so okay, so let, let let's let's go back to the subject here. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's not talk about Tweedledum and Tweedledee for a second. To all respect to them, back to business. Um, back to business. Yeah. So let's go back to the subject. Um, the reason why people voted for Boris this time, yeah, um, broke uh, historical traditions of voting Labour, yeah, and voted blue. The reason why Brexit, yeah, and they didn't believe in Corbyn, yeah. yeah. They believed some of the words were Corbyn mm. will take us back to the seventies. Yeah. So let's talk about the seventies for a second. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> let, let's let's explain what happened in the seventies before we talk about <laughs> what's so funny. The first thing that came to my mind was flares. <laughs> let's talk about the seventies. That's all I was thinking about there, man. The clothing and the uh, hair, the, the big curly. <laughs> Yeah, um, and that moustache to go with it. Yeah, man. Um, but like, it. yeah. So I mean, <laughs> look, let, let, let's talk about the seventies for a second, right? Yeah. So um, the seventies was a time of great transformation for the UK. Um, you had the decline of the industrial age in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had successive prime ministers who battled with parties and the public. Mm. Um, so you had the Callahans, the Heath, uh, God, I can't remember who else it was. My brain is too late. But anyway, in 1975 or 76, we joined the EU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the UK in 1979, industrial age is totally finished. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. It had lost, people had lost work, you know, Sheffield, you name it up north. Everyone was out of a job. Yeah, Thatcher came in. Yeah, so Thatcher came in um, with, uh, you know, a hope for a new future, a hope for a new Britain. She quoted Francis Assisi. Mm. What was that quote? Where there is hope. I can't remember what the what's Francis the, Assisi. Yeah, what's the quote? Pull it up on your phone. Oh, Get on your phone. Quick, quick, quick. Okay. So, um, okay, so he quoted. She quoted, quoted Francis Assisi, and you know this. Mantra thing came out, and she, she, you know, uh, 
promised to transform the country. Mm. But she that was the rise of capitalism then. The true rise of capitalism. Yeah. Liberalism, yeah, neoliberalism, yeah. yeah. Um, um and people still suffered, the poll tax came along and blah 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 and mm. riots when minor strike. You know, Arthur Scargill, remember him from Labour. That was when Labour was Labour to its core. Yeah, militant as well. Militant left yeah. socialist, uh, very, very aggressive in its stance. Uh, somewhat you could call it to the extreme of uh, what's what's the climate change protest group? Um, Extinction Rebellion. Yeah. yeah, you know, but more of a more within Labour, more within Labour, yeah. and more more of a um, it was a protest movement, yeah. a huge, huge. Like, you know, unions were big then. Yeah. yeah? Um, so at that time, there was all of that happening. Now, how can Corbyn? Mm take you back to the 70s because that's what he's known for yeah. he was known people people forget about corbyn's rise to being a politician yeah. and being a politician yeah and he doesn't see he doesn't see himself as a leader he sees himself as an activist well i mean no i understand what i'm saying yeah. here he sees himself as an activist yeah rather than being a leader of the masses and um, a uh, um, to worse to say, politician because he believed that we serve the people. That's yeah. what we're here for. Because in the eighties, if there was a a a, um, a an interview I saw with Corbyn in the nineteen eighties, eighty three, I think it was eighty four, um, and it was against another conservative politician, mm. and he just plainly turned and said, "Listen, you lot, you know, we have a meeting." Mm. And you lot are running in your limousines away. Mm. I'm coming on my cycle. Yeah. Mm. He said, you know, I'm only in Islington. You lot have got flats down the road and you're coming in your limousines going to your dinner parties. You think <laughs> this is a social club? Yeah. That's how it was in the 80s. It was literally a social club. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can name many bodies, governing bodies of schools were like social clubs. They were like the elite of everything, you know, they come in and have a dinner party area. <laughs> okay, great. Results, <laughs> go off and that's it. Yeah. Yeah? Um, and that's how it was back then. There was just this elite type of mentality and mm. people, you know, rode the system. It was, yeah. there was no accountability at that time. Mm. And the socialist or anyone that spoke up was seen as a far leftist or, you know, yeah. So then the word Marxist was thrown around. Yeah. Marxist, communist, Corbynism, yeah. the coin of phrase now by Andrew Neil, yeah. the uh, the most ethical journalist in on the BBC. Right, okay. Some you know? people disagree. But yeah. No, I'm, I'm being I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, Come yeah. on, man. Okay. The guy's a plum. I don't like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um <laughs> I'll be straight with you. Is uh, if I ever became a politician. And I sat in front of him and he started coming out with his verbal diarrhea. Mm. I would give him a tongue lash and I'll just give him what George Galloway would have given him. Yeah. Being that's what he deserves. Anyway, that's that's that. Anyway, that's um, Corbynism, yeah? yeah. Um to coin a phrase comparable to communism. Hmm? Yeah. Um do people know what Marxist but, I mean if I if I could just go back, but that term, Corbynism, is actually something that has been um 
appropriated by the movement as a, as well. So people who support Corbyn actually will say that this is this is the Corbyn project or Corbynism. They call themselves Corbynistas. Yes, Corbynistas. So it's, it's not yeah, say, like yeah. like you know Andrew Neil might have a different definition, but we have our own definition, and that that's fine. My definition is this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we won't play that. Yeah, well, let's not play that. Francis Assisi. Is, is that it, the one? Yeah. Uh, who would make me an instrument? Ah, uh, man. No. Where there, yeah, yeah, that's it. Where there is darkness. Okay. So I want you to read that out for a second. I'm going to explain this. Go on. Go okay. Uh, Francis of Assisi, or Saint Francis of Assisi, as he yeah. done. Talking to the mic. Lord make me... This is his quote, sorry. She didn't say the Lord part, by the way. It was oh, okay. just to quote that. Like, where there is, <laughs> what part do you Where there is darkness, there is light. Oh, just that. that part, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just said it, bro. <laughs> where there is darkness, there is light. And where there is sadness, joy. Actually, that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't even it. Oh. No, where there is hunger, <laughs> I will bring whatever, blah, blah. I yeah, so, so let me read the whole okay, thing. Okay, go on, go for it. Um, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Because okay, so she, she said it very differently. Okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, why, why, why I'm stressing about what she said is because she 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 had this thing where she is going to bring a new form of Great Britain. Mm. She's going to make Britain great again. Mm. Yeah? Everyone says that, though, don't they? Every new leader, every new election, we're going to take Britain back, or we're going to not just in in Britain or America as well, but you know what I mean. This we're going to make the country great again. You know, change is going to come. Every single election is the same thing. Do you know, for me, I'll tell you what it is, right? Um, for me, when, when uh, th- this country has, uh, economically, it's, um, when they call it the richest, one of the richest nations on earth, mm. we're actually not, because we don't have any reserves, mm. yeah? We're banking on paper money. So I think they're fooling a lot of the people. Um, some would say it's near enough bankrupt and we're just running on... Uh, debt. There's a debt cycle in this country. There is a debt cycle, massive debt cycle. So yeah, so for me, um, can Britain be great? That's a subject for us to talk about on another podcast. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's something to watch out for, guys. Um, can Britain be, be great, great again? <laughs> okay. So but was it ever great? And can can Britain be great? Or yeah, is it or is it great already? Yeah. yeah. So okay. that that's, that's a subject. subject. That's another subject. So let, let's go back to the subject here, Corbyn. Yeah. Yeah. Why, 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 why did he? Why did people vote against him, and why did people hate him so much? There was a lot of media propaganda. Yeah. Mm. So Corbyn's um, uh, party, his member, not his members, his MPs. Yeah. Mm. Those on the right, who are leaning towards the centre right. Yeah. Mm. Forced him to adopt the um, position. premise of yeah. what he was coming out with now. Yeah. Where we uh, go to people's vote, that's what shot him. Yeah, that's the thing that shot him. For me, Corbyn should have said, "You know what? The people voted to leave. Mm-hmm. As a democratic country, we need to go with leave." Period. Initially, that's what like because um, before he came out with the neutral stance and and all that, the the thing that they were spending more was uh, that they did want to, they didn't communicate it very well or very clearly, but 
what they were saying was we want to leave with the deal. They did want to initially honor the the uh, referendum result. It's just that they didn't agree with the deal that initially Theresa May got and then what Boris got. So they were just, the whole thing was we're going to call an election, which obviously they lost. But the initial plan was to call an, ele an election, get into power, negotiate a new deal and kind of put that through. Then it kind of started coming to, okay, well, once we get that deal, then we do a referendum. Um, and then that's the kind of stance they settled on. But initially, I think they were kind of, they did want to honor the referendum, but they just wanted a better deal. But down the line, from all the twists and turns it took, at the end, they came to get a new deal and then go to a referendum. That's what I settled on. You know, I mean, what people are like forgetting is that, um, first of all, like you, right, Bre this was the Brexit election, to be honest with you. And people were very, um, you know, people did vote decisively vote on that. Um, you know, canvassing for them on the doorstep um, was a bit of a learning experience for me. Um, so, you know, when we were talking to people face-to-face, -face, the whole Brexit issue would come up. People forgot that, you know, because people forgot that Jeremy Corbyn, I think was it a year ago, a year and a half ago, he actually did go to the European Union and actually start having these debates with the with the leaders mm. of the European Union to, and actually um, got some information in regards to a... a a viable deal now the thing is what we got on the doorstep is that people forgot how can how can the labor party get a deal in three months mm. while people forgot that jeremy corbyn himself had those preliminary talks with the european union yes, prior, prior, that, prior that, and he actually had a conference as well that day when he went over so people forgot that um and also like what the position was is that people actually get to vote on the deal. And that wasn't, I don't think that was communicated clearly enough mm. because with the conservatives, you're not really getting to vote on the deal. You're getting to vote on leave, but you don't know what that means. Whereas within labor, like they're, they're giving you the chance to vote on the deal. That was, that was the position. Now the thing is, you're right. Corbyn was actually pushed by, you know, the, the centrists and, and, and the Blairites to actually take that neutral position or or to take their position, which is remain. Um, and I think that messed it up. But also, again, like from my from my um, experience on the doorstep, mm. canvassing on the doorstep, you know, I would always get this 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 opinion, which is that people would always say, listen, we hate Boris, but we can't vote for Corbyn. We can't go with Corbyn. Um, and the reason, the reasoning they would always give is because of what's being said about him in the media. And what does that tell you about, <clears throat> sorry, what does that tell you about the public and, and how gullible, see, see I, I, you know, I, I posted something up about Stan, Stanley, yeah. Bon Johnson, but Stanley Bonson, <laughs> Stanley Johnson. Yeah, Stanley Johnson. Mr. Mr. Johnson's father. Yeah. yeah. And, um, um, and he he literally like in didn't even mince his words to be honest. Yeah. He called the English public, the working class, illiterate. Yeah. That he couldn't even spell the word Pinocchio. Yeah. 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 It's Pinocchio word. That he even asked a lady who was interviewing him, "Can you spell Pinocchio?" And she just veered off the veered off the subject. He said, "Well, I rest my case. People are illiterate. They cannot even spell the word Pinocchio." Nothing, yeah. but they'll fall for anything. Yeah. And he sat there arrogantly, 
absolutely arrogantly like they genuinely think they genuinely think they're above everyone else mm. and that's the mentality they have yeah um this baton has been passed my prediction this mm. is just my prediction and they may, not, they may not be a conservative government after Bonser Johnson's uh, I keep on calling him <laughs> Boris Johnson <laughs> Joris Bonson yeah. um <laughs> Bojo yeah. Yeah? Um, there may not be a conservative government after this five year term hmm? mm. um, there may be a Labour government yeah Yeah. Um, but my prediction George Osborne will be one of the next Prime Ministers mm. um, what is he now? What position he, is no he? no he's, uh, he's the editor chief editor of the Evening Standard oh, wow. which is the most influential newspaper there is in London wow. wasn't he the Chancellor of the Exchequer. He was yeah, indeed, right. yes. Okay, yeah. He was indeed. Door. Which he, right. he, I think he, uh, did he lose his seat or did he uh, resign as an MP? Mm. I can't even remember. Yeah. But um, um, right, so he's coming back. Yeah, that's just my prediction yeah, yeah, on things. Yeah, yeah? Um, mm. because the baton's passed around here. Yeah, it's it's a trend I'm seeing yeah. amongst these. Uh, the Tories have played a game from day one. Yeah, really, they have, and if anyone with political insight, they can see what's happening here. Yeah, you've got to understand psychology what they're doing. They have fooled, and the mastermind behind this whole thing is that guy, um, Dominic um, Cummings. Oh no, yeah, okay. Dominic Cummings. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's quite a few things that you said. I some agree with, some I disagree with. Um, what do you disagree with? Tell me. I wouldn't really like coming. After the general election now, again, and this is from, like, again, talking to people face-to-face, the canvassing, I was actually kind of shocked in regards to how many, you know, how many people actually rely on mainstream media for their news source. But I wouldn't really come out and say that, you know, I, I don't think it's helpful to come out and say that, yeah, people are gullible, people are silly and all that kind of stuff. Never, no, but I don't I'm, think I'm, that quoting, kind of, I'm quoting. Yeah, that's Stanley, uh, that's okay. Stanley Johnson. Yeah. I don't, because some people within the movement have taken that le- rhetoric on board now. You know, after after the election, there are a lot of people saying that you know what, poor people deserve. Poor people voted for John, uh, for Johnson. They deserve everything that happens to them now. All that kind of stuff. I understand the feeling, but I don't agree with the rhetoric or that viewpoint um, because it's not helpful. Secondly, I can say I fear for them. I fear for what's about to happen. Yeah, and we all do. We but, all do, and but, that's but, that's but, all of us. But the thing is, uh, there's this rhetoric and this understanding now that these people deserve to get what's coming for them because of the way they voted. I don't, I, I don't share that view because I think that's, first of all, you know, we're all human beings. We all should be treated, treating it with each other with dignity and respect. Secondly, that is an also a kind of divide and rule kind of mentality that is coming in. And thirdly, um, that viewpoint is just a view of hate. Like you hate these people because of the way they voted. So, but I think what 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 was interesting is that this view of you know the general mass and the, and the public, you know they will always vote for something that's good that you know they, you know they can't be broken down. That really is shattered, because what you had is four years of constant negative attacks, constant barrages. He's the only leader in history that has had that type of barrage yeah. of attacks. So the thing is, what you have is what you had in play is. And this was why a lot of people would say we can't vote for Corbyn because they would always use some kind of media scandal or something to say that you know he's racist, he's this, is that he's a Marxist. One, one, one Sedgefield MP, the yeah. guy for Sedgefield, who's Tony Blair's old constituent, 
said that he had because he had affiliations with Hamas. Yeah. That was highlighted on the door, and that's what was said to him on the door. He said wow. he could have given that all up, yeah. but he chose not to. He could have. He decided to side with Sinn Fein at the time in the eighties. But when you look back, um, you know he decided to side with terrorists. Yeah? yeah, which was the word that was said. Yeah. yeah? When you look back, he was right. Yeah. He was trying to bring a peace process in Ireland. Yeah. When Blair came in, what did he do? Good Friday movement. Yeah, yeah. So, so some people say that look, you know, people like Blair and all all these other people, they actually had relationships with Sinn Fein after the Good Friday Agreement and stuff. But you needed to have people before that to actually get the get the deal on the on the table. Mm. Now the thing is, is like I, I just want to reverse it, revert it back to like what we what I, what I was um, making the point I was making previously. The constant barrage of attacks was an act was actual Noam Chomsky's theory of manufacturing consent in play. Yes. And the thing is, people are saying, okay, you know what, you had two elections in 2017. Why didn't people think the same way as they did in 2019? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, by then, in 2017, Corbyn is, was largely seen as someone who's new, yeah. someone who's fresh, someone who many people didn't know about. But by 2000, by this time, after four years of constant attacks, you saw the ideas actually start to break the but, working but, but class. The people, the you have to understand as well is that when you have one party who ashamedly and abhorrently and you know with uh, with uh, no regard for democracy yeah. whatsoever, turn around and say we are going to revoke Article Fifty and we're here to stop Brexit. Yeah, which is the Lib Dems, contrary to their name. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one party that that was one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I've always said it. You know, as much as I love some, some of them are really good friends of mine. They're a really nice bunch of people. Yeah. But unfortunately, the policies I disagree with totally because I think they jump in a bandwagon, opportunist. Yeah? yeah, but Joe Swinson was never was never described as a racist she was never described as a terrorist sympathizer for example no. neither was Boris Johnson no, but my point is this yeah sorry to interrupt my point is this is that um you had one party like that yeah then you had the accusation towards Labour well look you know they, they're not even pro or uh, leave or remain they don't even know what they're doing yeah. look and that's what was constantly put forward. Look, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't know. What and you we... saw that break. You actually saw that idea break through to people. So when you go and knock on people's doors, yeah. they will verbatim just, re just repeat what they, were, what they were hearing on the news. So you're saying people are not thinking for themselves in a way? I think, yeah. Because they're just accepting what after the main, mainstream but, 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 media is yeah. giving them but and if, they're not questioning it. Yeah, them. After, after four years of constant barrages, that was what it was. That but when was you're told on the door, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I could be an ex-mining family and I'm, I open the door and this conservative chap is in front of me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm fed up of you lot, right? All is arguing in Parliament every week and I bloody hate it. 
I don't like this type of stuff that's going on. Why can't you just get the job done? We voted to leave, and you can't even do that as politicians. You're a disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, look, I understand what you're saying. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, I totally sympathize with you, sir. Absolutely. As a politician, as a conservative party, we absolutely, but we tried to get Brexit done, and the party, mm. we tried to push it through Parliament. But unfortunately, the other parties, they don't want to even know. Yeah. They've blocked us. Yeah. Yeah. And then they leave the guy with, look, if you vote for us, we'll get it done. Yeah. That's it. We're just trying to get it done. We keep on getting blocked by these other like, parties. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. So that's it. And if you want, you know, NHS and all this other stuff, let's just get this done first. Yeah. So if you saw on the news, yeah. when they talked to these people, yeah. all that was said was, Boris is the man to get it done. Yeah, but here, but here's the it's thing. It's like the robots. Yeah, they've been conditioned mentally by the news. Yeah, get Brexit done, get Brexit done, get Brexit done in their head. But right. that that, that, yes. that wasn't the only thing, though. There was. I mean, there was Bre other stuff. Get Brexit done, aligned with Corbyn's a terrorist sympathizer, and, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, but that's the thing, there, there's, there's that. something Gohar actually said, which is why I want to come across because it actually reminded me of something. There's numerous times when I've knocked on a door and people actually said to me, mm. we get our information from the mainstream news. Mm. And this is where we get our information from. Mm. If there are different stuff, why aren't they prom why, why aren't they uh, putting it out there? And the number of times I had to say that, look, if you have someone mm. who is generally for the working class, who is generally standing for progressive values and mm. principles, mm. and those progressive values and principles directly challenge the status quo, mm. the media aren't going to support you. And therefore, it's the first time in a long time that people actually started to, in my dealings with them, started to question. So unfortunately, yeah, a lot of them were uncritical about it. Right. So, <clears throat> okay. So we're half an hour into the into the show. We've got another fifteen minutes left. Um, we're live out on uh, Anchor.fm. Uh, you'll see the link on the Freedom Vibe podcast page. Please do join us. We will be back with you in five minutes. You might see us folly around. Uh, actually, in about a minute, I'm just going to load up again. So thank you very much for listening on Anchor.fm. Um, and we'll be with you in about five minutes with the second part of What on Earth Happened on the Election of 2019. Thank you very much for listening. And those on Facebook now, stay with us because we're going to uh, be with you in two minutes. Hi there. Welcome to the second episode of uh, the Freedom Vibe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Vibes, and this is... Up in here, right? Okay, so, um, why on earth happened at the general election 2019? So, our second part, um, mm. we had a little fruitful discussion, uh, happen just in the between the two episodes. Um, <laughs> but so, what were we talking about beforehand? Let's recap number of things man but you know it's so late I actually forgot. You, you know what i wouldn't mind talking about though you know we, we, we touched on the lib dems and yes. uh we said they took a stance of uh just revoke article article 50 and all, all these kind of things and um so obviously they had the the kind of other extreme but the thing that was kind of i don't know but i kind of looked at it, it as semi like funny and uh peace to all the lib dems kind of voters out there do you know what i mean there's a lot of you guys but Prior to like you know the Joe Swinson and, and at the beginning of the campaign, it was like you know when they, they knew even before it was like she was going to be the next prime minister. Yeah, I got a leaflet through my door like Joe Swinson, and she's all like, oh, like got that photo, like a power kind of photo. <laughs> your next prime minister, <laughs> like proper, like with her policies, and then she, 
what happens? She doesn't even win her own seat. You know, I, I, and I'm like, oh. I, and I, then she resigns. I, I, I'll explain something. You know, when... when um... <laughs> <laughs> Look defeated there, bro. That's the way you just sat down completely defeated, bro. <laughs> it was it was comedy, man. Her her, her record it was, it was thing comedy. is her record that there was two uh, uh, embarrassing parts for her. It was one the actual debate that happened, the leaders' debate, and then her interview with Andrew Neil mm. that tore her to shreds. Mm. He tore her to shreds so bad she was left legless in mm. that interview like wow. it was a shame it's it so it was it's just a shameful place to be and people just crazy, thought she was man. a joke then i i knew as soon as she came out with i am britain's next prime next minister prime minister man. it's like an emperor with no clothes literally literally that's what it was yeah, and, see what happened and, there yeah and but this is how in, in a way it, it shows how the the lib dems have actually in in essence become torified a little bit in terms of how she, how their campaign came across, the the misinformation in the leafleting as well, because there were there were accusations of statistics being mis, you know, being kind of changed and all that kind of stuff in 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 their campaign literature. But I think this is the one one of the things. Like for me, the Lib Dems came across as Tory light, and this is because of their the the thing that they actually went into coalition with the, with the Conservative government, and a, a lot of people are saying that. You know, you know, in in the if there was going to be like a hung parliament and stuff like that, a lot of people were saying that look, that, you know, maybe Labour should go into coalition with the with the Conservatives and stuff and things like that. And then, you know, my answer was always, look what happened to the Lib Dems. It's like you don't go into coalition thinking you're going to change the Conservatives. In fact, the Conservatives managed to change the Lib Dems and completely get them out of the game completely. The Lib Dems haven't been the same ever since. Yeah, so you know I mean. So I mean, like with Joe Swinson, she shot herself in the foot, wow. in, you know, a lot of times. Just her voting record alone in coalition government shot herself. Yeah. So she was actually being herself, like, you know, you however you disagree, you know, whatever you perceive of her, she was actually being herself, and she ended up losing her own seat. Uh, it's almost like it's because I saw the, you know, I got that thing uh, that leaflet from Lib Dems come through my house, like your next prime minister. And it was just all like, yes, what a load of and then just to see the whole culmination and the end of the result. No, it was a design. I have, I have, it's I have, I have, I have some good friends from the past who are Lib Dems. I was a member of the Lib Dems for about a year and a half, mm. and I, I, I was, yeah, I was I a Tory, yeah. Um, I held some socially conservative views as in conservative um, um, uh, Tory views, and I hold some socialist views. I'm a bit of both, yeah? Um, now, when I was with the Tory party, it was, uh, who was it under there? David Cameron was the leader then, I think. Um, yeah. 2009, I was campaigning for them. Yeah, yeah, to be yeah. honest, I was doing it on a councillor level, yeah? Mm. Um, I remember me and Ms helped you. Yeah, yeah, we did some <laughs> canvassing once. posted some European like, elections. <laughs> European yeah. posted some leaflets for him, bro. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep that private, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, man. I never was a member of the Tories, ever. Yeah. I was just helping out a friend. I, I, I was finding myself politically. Yeah? yeah, like you normally do as a young person. I wasn't young; I was in my thirties then, and I was just finding myself politically. It's two thousand and eight, yeah, and um, um, and I encountered racism mm. within the party, 
and I encountered prejudice within the party. Mm. I had comments come towards me, Islamophobic comments in the party. I lodged a complaint. I was brushed to one side. I went to the paper uh, parliamentary candidate who was running for MP. I, he brushed me to one yeah. side. Yeah, so I, I ripped him apart on email. I said, listen, how dare you? What, what are you doing? Mm. You know, you, you're, you're claiming to... Uh, Claiming about multiculturalism and are you actually nonsense what you're talking about. You know, I'm being here sworn at and being called all funny names by this councillor who subjected me to serious bullying and I've kept quiet out of decency mm. and now I'm not going to keep quiet anymore. I'm sorry. Anyway, I just walked away from the Tory party. How long were you there in total? Two Would years. Say, two years? That's quite Yeah, deep. two years. I actually stumbled. It was an accident how I got to be part of the Tory party. Um, when I, I, I remember when you signed up, man. Do you remember we went to some kind of expo or something like that? Olymp Olympia, uh, no, Olympia. <laughs> it was Olympia, I think. And they no, had, no, no, they no. Had a stand, right? Yeah, that was Olympia. That yeah. was Lord Shake was there and uh, his wife. I can't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they had a stand there. Yeah. And like, like you signed up because me and Miss were there, and we were just like, yeah, what was supposed to do? It's like you just should, like, just went freestyle, just signing up yeah. to the tour. Like, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, so it was a project that I was doing for some youth work uh, I had an organization then and um, and uh, someone put me through to um, a gentleman in Millbank which was the head office yeah. and I went all the way there I had a meeting with this MP uh, and he referred me to my local parliamentary candidate he said Look, why don't you do something with them mm. I'm sure they'll be interested they actually brushed me off mm. Wow. I just remember his wife giving me the most dirty looks when I walked in. I don't know why she didn't like me. I just, I, am I one of those faces that you don't like? You know? <laughs> I must be that. I must, I must be butters, man. Seriously, for uh, me, just a woman to give me some oh. nasty looks when I walked into that. As soon as I walked in, it was like, damn, I was like, bro. I was like, what? <laughs> this woman, I think she's really uncomfortable, man, when yeah. I walked in. It's like, I was new. I just, oh. anyway. They just brushed me off. I was talking about the youth. Make sure you get the youth vote. This is it. And you know, internet was like even. It was a very, very. That was when Facebook came about on the scene, and yeah. YouTube wasn't even about then. Yeah. And I said, look, you need to harbor the internet here and get the youth on board, and blah blah. And they didn't even know. They just said this unprofessional. Mm. They said our core voters are old Tories, old um, the elder generation. Yeah, mm. that's our core voters, mm. and and that's who you target. Yeah. So anyway, uh, cut long story short, I I fell out because of all of that nastiness. Mm. Um, one one opening eye factor was I I ran to be a councillor. Yeah, mm. and <laughs> I just never forget that I sat in that meeting, mm. and there was twenty councillors in the chamber with me, and um, they were talking to me about my experience and my canvassing experience and blah blah, and why I wanted to be a councillor, and it was genuine reasons. You know, I wanted to help out my my community and uh, as in where I lived, my ward, and I was passionate about uh, where I lived. And anyway, so and then they asked me about what I did in the past. I said, I was, you know, I was uh, we were doing the radio station. The radio those days, yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, and all of a sudden, it's like this comment flew out from some woman on the other side. So, what's your views about women? Whoa. I said, I beg your pardon. What's your <laughs> views about women and the workplace and the way they dress? Wow. And obviously, me being a young, Random. like, like, you know, I, I, I I'm not going to turn around and say, 
what the hell has that got to do with anything to do with this interview? Really? Even though that's what you're thinking. And that's what I was thinking <laughs> in my head. I said, well, you know, I have no problem with that. Um, I don't know how to answer that question because I don't have any problem with anything. Then the lady turned around, the other lady, who was the chairman's wife, mm. and said, so what is it that your religion says about working with other religions? Because you said you had a multi-faith um, uh, and so far, you know, I haven't seen evidence of that in anywhere. But funny thing is, is that if if that's what she said, then she's she kind of answered the question. She kind of answered the question herself. Let, let me cut a long story short here. Yeah, so the guy they gave the uh, to run for councillor, mm. one of the other councillors is um, councillor candidate, was a seventy-six-year-old man, mm. a Sikh gentleman. Mm. I spoke to him in Punjabi beforehand. Nice. He didn't know a word of English. He was just a hardcore canvasser, you know, leaflet delivering. Right. They gave him the post over me. He couldn't what, speak a word of English. What was that, councillor? Yeah, uh, to run for councillor. Oh, to run for councillor. At a certain yeah. ward. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't speak a word of English. Um, he couldn't, uh, you know. Not a word uh, of English. Yeah? yeah, not a word of English. He said, I don't know English. I've been here for 40 years. Wow. He's just been he said that in his own language, right? Yeah, I was in Punjabi when yeah. I spoke okay, to him. Right. Um, oh, oh, and and did when he, but, but but no, but, but no, he didn't. Um, but when, when oh, he when he was in the meeting, yeah, I stood outside and it was very broken English that he was speaking. Um, very broken. Um, uh, anyway, I left them. Joined. I, I I then thought, you know, I saw this. Let, what was that? What was the slogan by Nick? Uh, Nick let's agree with Nick or something. What was it? Oh, what was that know, thing that he said? Yeah. Anyway, I got sucked into the vibe, yeah. And I thought, right, let me phone up the paper candidate for Ealing North. Lovely guy, yeah, Chris Lucas. Mm. Um, I phoned him up, and he came to my house. Now, which paper candidate comes to your house mm. running for MP? He came to my house. Wow. Um, he took me seriously. We sat down for an hour. He brought his child with him mm. and we talked. And I thought, you know, I really like this guy. Genuine, sincere guy. I went out single-handedly with him and canvassed the whole of Ealing. Yeah. Wow. When I say the whole of Ealing North, a big area. me and him together. Yeah. Mm. We went Northport. We went at, uh, we went Northport. We went Ealing Central. We went uh, uh, Perivale, Greenford. All of those places. Yeah. And uh, he, he obviously didn't win on the night, yeah? Uh, he, he got 6,000 votes, Steve Pound, and the MP got 28,000 or something, yeah? Um, but, you know, and it was the highest ever votes that the Lib Dems ever got in Ealing North, yeah? Mm. Highest ever. I mean, and what I wanted was two, those two Tory councillors mm. who I felt would, did not have the integrity to lead the public because mm. of their lack of integrity and their uh, misogynistic and racist views and bigotry, bigot, bigot, bigot views, mm. I said, you know what? I want to kick these two out, and I'm going to canvass against them. Mm. But because for the good of the ward, yeah? Um, anyway, then I got part of the executive group of the, which I was part of the Tories, I was part of the executive group, because a friend of mine forced mm. them to put me on. Um executive group of the Lib Dems. I was taking part in all the strategic stuff and everything. It was a really wonderful experience. Mm. And um, then I heard they joined the Tories. Mm, yeah. And I blatantly said, 
you will be wiped off the political map if you join the Tories. You need to go against this as a party, yeah. as a ward, uh, the constituent. They said, look, no, you know, we're going to toy the party line here. HS2 on top of that. I was totally dead against HS2. I said, listen, your train system needs a reinvestment. Why are you spending a vanity project when you can't even get what you've got correct already? People are standing like sardines in a tin can mm. on a train system. Then you're upping traffic. I said, you can either nationalize the railway and get it back in order again and reprivatize it again once you've got it back because they're claiming profit here. Mm. You're not doing anything to it. And you're investing billions in a vanity project. And you're going to run through houses here, which people have lived here for the whole of their lives for two, two three generations. Mm. What would happen in that case? Would the houses, would they need to so move? So they, they, they would be a compulsory purchase order. You would be offered an amount of money. Right. And uh, if that wasn't the case, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who's listening, but there'll be a compulsory purchase order. Right. And uh, they would force meaning, you to yeah. sell your house. You would have to sell. Um, You'd have to move. At basically. the going rate or the market rate. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's it. The village of Sipson in Heathrow, mm. I think the third runway mm. in Heathrow, I don't know if he's got given the go-ahead or not, mm. but the, the historical village of Sipson, which is right bang next to Heathrow, mm. it'll be gone. So, HS2. HS2. Personally, would you have to sell your yard? Uh, no, no, no. My my, uh, my house wasn't affected. All right. Nice it was design. it was the other some of the other places, yeah. Okay. And, but but that wasn't the problem, yeah. It was probably one or two houses that were affected, but that wasn't the problem. It was yeah. the disgusting amount of traffic and disruption it would have caused because where I live is a central hub area, yeah. Hmm. You've got the A40 running right through, and then you've got other places, and it gets it, if you cut that off. The amount of disruption to come out of my town, my village, mm. yeah, to come out of my village, you have to only go through two exits. Is either Hangar Lane or this area here where Tesco's Hoover Building is. And that's it. Those two would have been blocked. It would have been horrible. Yeah? Sure House prices are. would have gone down. It would have affected a lot of stuff. Yeah? Mm. Um, so anyway, they, we won the vote. Uh, a gentleman called Alex he he uh he uh the he led the chair party uh he chaired that group mm. um is that the Alex me we met once yeah yeah oh, it yeah. is yeah the unfortunate character mm. anyway um uh so that was that I, I was dead against it but I was forced to toe the party line and I refused mm. outright I said I'm sorry but I'm not going to go against my principles because I remembered Nelson Mandela's saying, a man who changed, or a person who changes his principles for every person they meet can never be a representative of the people mm. or choose to represent the or be a leader. Yeah. And I remembered that and I stuck by it. Yeah. You know what? That's close to uh, Alex Ferguson, man, you guy. He said uh, something like, I can't deal with people who change their opinion. Uh, or they have the they keep changing their opinion or something along the lines of they their opinion is the same opinion of the last person they talk to about it basically so they like whoever tells an opinion the last person who have expressed it shouldn't look just, it up on the internet that was a bit late yeah man. no that was that was kind of dry that was very dry I'm hoping you got the gist yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I mean, Should yeah. we just stick to Nelson Mandela's yeah, yeah, comment, bro? Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Edit, edit that part out. There's a, there's a book there on Alex Ferguson somewhere. <laughs> winning, that's it, winning there. Yeah, stick to... Let's, let, let, let's just stick to Nelson Mandela's yeah. Mandela. Anyway, 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 forget, forget everything I just said. Okay, yeah. Carry on. Rewind selector, man. Rewind selector. Yeah. But it, it just shows that, you know, the mess that the Lib Dems the, and the t- t- Yeah, no, so... And the know, similarities, actually, between I, them. I, I had to walk away because I was just dismayed at the fact of how... One party on the other extreme could join the party on the other extreme and then come together and run a government and come out with the bullshit, excuse my French, government. Uh, mantra of in government we're making difficult decisions every day and that's all they repeated. But, we are making difficult decisions in government every day. We are making difficult, like a, uh, uh, like a you know, like this thing, let's get Brexit done. Let's get Brexit uh, done. Yeah. Now, imagine if you had a tape that repeated that phrase again and again and again. But that's what was happening. That That's literally what was it's happening. It's an affirmation. It's an affirmation, but it's something that, you know, people heard again and again and again and again and again, and it's something that they eventually, like, buyed into. Deliberately done, right? It was, of course. it was The, the media have done it deliberately. And there's something that was, some, there was something interesting that someone actually said. Like, we were canvassing you know, on the doorsteps, you know, up and down, up and down the country. The conservatives actually did not need to canvass because the canvassing was done via the newspapers. Yeah, they didn't need to do nothing. And the thing is, they that's how they won over in areas where they did not even canvass because the message was constantly pumped out by the mainstream media, by organisations, by individuals on a regular basis and those messages broke through the public consciousness and labor need to get hold of some of these media joints because some of the papers are obviously tools. no they won't they won't they're all one or two labor papers no no they are one or two journalists but in terms of no, papers. Daily Mirror, I think, is um no, is Labour. Mi- no, Labour no, will no, listen. No, 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 Daily no. Mirror is Tory, right? You, Daily you, Express is more even right wing than Tory. You, you've got to understand something here, yeah. Um, no media, no media outlet or broadcasting outlet or print media will ever advocate any form of socialism, socialist agenda ever, period. Yeah. Labour will always be attacked. You will get beat. Yeah, yeah? Labour will always be What attacked. you do need is a clear policy. Yeah. What you do need is a clear path. Yeah. A roadmap of what you intend to do. Yeah. And what you do need is for the Conservative Party for the next five years to go and screw up everything that they've ever said and go back on all their word. Yeah. And everyone turns around and says, oh, my God, what have we just done? Yeah. I, that's that is the I think that is the biggest failure of, of the Labour. No, people pe- people don't know. People do not know, like they voted for the referendum, yeah, to go out of the EU, yeah, and to stay in the EU. People do not know why they did what they did. There's a lot of people that don't know. You seem very confused at what I'm saying. No, because you said two almost oxymoron. No, no, no. But I haven't said that though. But I'm then people, you carried yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no. People do not know why. Yeah, uh, they were they weren't informed as much. Yeah, but now there's even less informed that they were before. Yeah, because the, mm. the 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 politics and the tricks that some of the the Conservative Party and as well as other agencies other agents played is so dirty that this this feeling of 
post-truth, not knowing what the truth is, all these kind of things. That's really been amplified. Do you believe Corbyn is a good, uh, uh, could have been a good prime minister? Yeah. But to be honest with you, because here's the thing, there was there was resistance of in regards to his leadership from within the party. And in fact, there were even threats of the party being split, which is something that he had to hold on to. No, 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 not, the not the party, the uh, the parliamentary part of the party being split. Yeah, within the party. But to be honest with you, it was more deep than that. There's There's a lot of research that's been done that we've only come to light now to show the actual split that could have occurred. Now, the subject of anti-Semitism that came up, yeah, let, let's, yeah, he, let's he, talk about the elephant was, in the room. He, yeah? he, was, he was a, it was a disastrous uh, policy. No, the thing is, is that, the thing is, is that from the outset, yeah, yeah he should have been very strong yeah. with the, uh, with the journalists yeah. and say, listen, you lot keep on saying the same thing again and again. Yeah. Do you want me to have a tape recorder here and yeah. say, I have put policies into place yeah. which were never there before yeah. and we are sorting out the issue. Every party has an issue with certain things. Yeah. For you to make this an agenda saying it again and again and again, yeah. I'm finding rather boring. That would have rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way, yeah? yeah. But let's face it, 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 hold on, let's face yeah. it, there is an issue, there is an issue with anti-Semitism, but what? How do you define anti-Semitism? You know how it was defined by a lot of the other people that put the complaint forward. They spoke out against the state of Israel. Yeah. Because I remember one guy. He was. Uh, oh God, I can't remember who he was. He gave an interview on LBC, and he said, "I've been vindicted." Yeah. Yeah. Because I spoke out against the state of Israel. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but they're committing war crimes. Yeah. And I will speak out against them. It's got yeah. nothing to do with Jews. Yeah. And it hasn't. Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, if I could just say it, like, Corbyn was right in terms of, you know, trying to pro put the message out there that he, that anti-Semitism does need to be challenged. It does need of to be challenged. Of course it does. One is one too many. Any but the form thing of, is, any form of uh, but, thing like that but is disgusting. But the thing is, what he did was only, only, and this is the Labour Party itself as well, only go by the route of appeasement. And when, when you're trying to appease a group of people who are trying to attack you... You can please some of the people, you, some no, of the You'll only strengthen them. And he actually mm. strengthened their hand. So I agree, look, apologising for anti-Semitism within, within your party. Yes, mm. I agree with that. Challenging anti-Semitism within your party. Yes, that, that's something he did. And I totally agree with that. Coming out with policies, procedures... That is something that he did say again and again and again. And I totally agree with all of it. But what he didn't say was the other part of the campaign, which he knew very a, a lot about, which was that there is this campaign of redefining uh, anti-Semitism to mean anti-Zionism. And he was being targeted for his pro-Palestine policies. Now, the danger which, the Corbyn, which Corbyn and the leadership went, the route that they took, is something that we're seeing coming at play now. We knew, a lot of the people, a lot of the activists knew that it's not going to stop there. It's going to carry on. Now, what you have is people like John Mann, anti-Semitism star, saying that he's going to go after and investigate um, online publications for anti-Semitism, like the Canary and all these other squawk box and all these other leftist groups. But we knew, also, we also knew mm. that this isn't not going. This isn't just going to stick to the UK. Mm. It's also going to go over to the United States, 
and target Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And that is exactly what's happening now. Now you're having articles saying Bernie Sanders is anti-Semitic. So I think, I think where the Labour Party need to define, because I don't know if they have... No, they, they have... adopted the IHRA definition and it didn't stop. They adopted the oh, IHRA right. definition. Okay. Okay, so... The thing is, it got manipulated again by the media. The the Labour government, the, mm. the Labour leadership, Jeremy Corbyn, mm. Jeremy, Cor Jeremy Corbyn adopted the, the IHRA definition. Right. But what he had a appeasement. No, no, no. He actually no. There's nothing wrong with the definition. The okay. definition itself, yeah. nothing wrong with. Yeah. What he had a problem with was the examples that came along with the definition. Right. So basically, the IHRA definition is two sets. It's two sections. One right. section is the definition itself, right. which is like, you know, targeting Jews for being Jews or something like, something like that, which, again, that is a that is a definition that should be adopted. Right. But then the second part of it was the examples. And the reason why the organization came out with the examples mm. is because they wanted to they wanted to guide organizations in regards to how to apply the definition. In 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 the in real life scenarios, Corbyn and some of the people within the Labour leadership had problems with four of the eleven examples because they related directly to Israel, and because of that, what the newspaper spun is that Corbyn and the Labour leadership had an actual problem with the definition. They never had a problem with the definition; they had a problem with the examples, and that was what was being manipulated. And then what Corbyn did was actually he actually exceeded. So out of the four examples, he actually allowed two of them. And then the actual main example, which is the idea of Israel being a racist endeavor, that was one thing. That was the one thing he never actually conceded to. But out of outside, out of due, out of sheer pressure, mm -hmm. he wanted to add a further commentary on that, mm -hmm. which is that. Um, you know, this shouldn't, this isn't going to uh, stifle freedom of speech in regards to Palestinian activism. Mm. So, you know, things like that. That got completely blown about by the NEC. So, okay. So, um, so, so just to end it, yeah. Corbyn never, ever actually um, uh, opposed the definition, the IHRA definition. He actually accepted it through and through. What he, what he had reservations about were the examples of the definition, which okay. is a different thing. Okay, so... Um... We're uh, we're now twenty seven minutes into <laughs> fifteen minutes <laughs> into a podcast, yeah. but um, okay. So look, let, let's wrap up this show. Um, uh, what does the future hold in thirty seconds? Um, hope a lot of people are defeated, but because they see the limits of the the the, the socialist project. But my involvement, I didn't see the limits. I saw the opportunities there, and I'm thinking, you know what? Next time, we're going to come back bigger, better, and stronger. Okay, thank you. What was yours? My, my like, the future, the thing that I keep thinking about is 30 seconds, yeah, is um, obviously this, this challenging times and all that and the Brexit, all of that needs to occur now. But I think on an individual basis, I think of some of the things that some of these motivational guys have said, like, on what level is... Boris Johnson continuing his government, or even Jeremy Corbyn coming, what is that going to affect you on a daily basis going about your daily life? Uh, certainly in the immediate term, absolutely nothing. So you get on with what you need to do. This doesn't change you and your goals and everything like that as an individual. Carry on doing that. You, maybe for you, because he's a Labour dude. 
But for me, on a personal, everyday, daily life, it's the same thing. Okay, so uh, to wrap up, uh, we're going to continue on the Facebook thing for about two more minutes. But to wrap up, um, I don't think the endeavor should stop. This is the right time to put everything straight. Um, yes, you do need to carry on what you're doing. Uh, but I believe truly that there were mistakes that were made and they need to be rectified within the party. Uh, just on the on the campaign level, yeah? They need hey, to be changed. Within the party, the yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, there are troubled times ahead. And I will tell you that now. You need to be prepared. Uh, don't ever take anything for face value. But I want to thank everyone for joining us on Anchor FM. We're going to stay on Facebook for another five minutes. Uh, do join us next time um, and we'll post out on uh, Instagram but thank you very much and good evening, good day and good night from Feed and Vibe Podcast